Hey there, everybody. It's Tracy here with the Everybody Counts podcast. We've got another edition for you, plus a great interview from one of the EPs of Bosch on Amazon Prime. I'm here with Jay, of course, and Pete. What up? There we go. The three are all together. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell you who we're interviewing. And we're going to look back at the our trailer podcast and talk about some of the predictions that we made before the season started and then compare with what our answers would be now see how see how well we did with that or how things might have changed and at the end of the podcast we are going to finally announce the winners of the contest that we did with our interviewees this season so if you yeah i know i'm glad to finally reveal so we had three questions how many times did someone mention j edgar's clothing in an episode We'll find out what that answer was and who guessed the closest. We also asked how many times would Coltrane be in a scene in season six? Lots of variety in those answers. And then, you know, we're used to hearing Irving say, you do it for me, Jay. What's he say? Yeah, that just bosh, you know, he's just intense. He gets frustrated with him, you know, he just gets off the phone and says his name or something. We usually hear that throughout the season. Did we hear it at all in season six? We'll find out and we'll see who guessed the closest. So definitely stay tuned so you hear those answers. So our interview this week, we are rounding out our season six coverage with an interview with Henrik Baston. He's an EP on Bosch. I'm sure you've seen him in some photos, seen him on Twitter. He's active. He's been sharing some information, some photos and things of getting gearing up for season seven. So it's always good to hear from Henrik. And we thought this would be a great interview to round out our season. We also asked him in the interview about the Easter eggs that we see so often in Bosch. I mean, I love those Mm -hmm. and fans really pick up on them. Mm -hmm. And when we were inquiring about that, he answered, but he also mentioned that some of the writing he had seen for season seven already at that point, it sounds like it had some type of Easter egg or something that the the fans would like. So that really has my interest peak. I'm going to be wondering what that is. You know, could it be a reappearance of the Merce? You know, we we blew it. We should have just asked him to just tell us what season seven was all about. how it would end and we could have done all our podcasts now got them out of the way ahead of time yeah we, yeah we but the pressure jay it's true, it's true. Yeah, as if he knew at that point you know right but the can you imagine the pressure of that i mean I have, that's a good question how do they handle that pressure right. they go six months with everything practically being done and they can't talk about it so or can only say certain things crazy pete what would be a good easter egg that you'd like to see a callback or something in season seven just off the top of your head. I think that answer is very easy. I think it needs to be Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom <laughs> How did Matt. I know that? Big wedding, season seven. Big wedding. Oh, that's a that's a huge oh, Easter egg. That's my that's prediction. That's like a whole basket. That's my season seven prediction. I'll tell you all right now. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Oh, you're 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 gearing up early. With season Office seven Pete, predictions. Spoiler alert, only <laughs> Officer Pete. Nobody else knows this yet, but it's gonna be Maddie is gonna get married this okay. season. All right. Get your fancy clothes ready, folks. Pete has predicted. All right. Well, it's always fun to take a look back at predictions that we made before the season and compare with what actually happened in the season. How close were we? What do you think, guys? How do you think we did? Grade us A through F. Just just guess. How do you think we did on our predictions? Pete got an A. Pete got an A. Okay. We're going to see if that <laughs> happened. What about you, Jay? Uh, I'm hopeful that I got at least a C minus. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's a pretty safe answer. Okay. All right. Well, one of the things we talked about was what did we, what were we worried about? What was going to be the biggest threat? You know, we saw obviously stuff about the radioactive um, material situation being 
didn't know where that was. And, you know, Maddie seemed worried at some times, as did Bosch. You know, you're trying to figure out what happens here, what, you know, what's going on. So at that time, Pete was the most worried about the radioactive threat, the material that was missing. So what do you think, Pete? Was that spot on? Um, personally, for me personally, no. Uh-huh. At the end of the season, I felt like there was other parts that I was more worried about throughout the season. Okay. But that's because they tricked us and they gave us a trailer <laughs> with this radioactive thing with Bosch all over it. And then they gave us another part of the trailer where he's in a hospital as right. if like, he's quarantined. I know, and I know, yeah. Was, I don't, you know, he wasn't exposed as much as we thought because they were separate scenes or like not related. But you know what I mean? I, I got yeah. tricked. I wasn't spot on, but the radioactive thing did scare me still. Sure, as, as it should. And and the thing is, Pete, you got to be smarter than the trailer. So if you know the trailer's going to trick you next time, right. then you got to use the reverse psychology. <laughs> okay, I also was uh, really worried about the radioactive threat. But since at the time Pete had given that answer, I went ahead and mentioned that another worry I had was um, about the situation between Maddie and Harry, their relationship, because they had a rough time of it in season five when he came back from being undercover and um, she left early for school and so forth. So there's a lot of tension there. So I was like, golly, if something happens to Harry, he's behind this quarantine wall, you know, could their relationship be even more, more strain on the relationship? You know, what is that going to do for them? So that was, that was going through my head a lot. And Jay, instead of picking something different, since I picked that, he agreed with me. So I'm glad he agreed with me, (laughs) but he didn't give a third answer. What, what a cop out! What a cop out! Who lets that guy on the podcast? That's that's not yeah. C minus material, Jay. No, it's really. Not. I mean, it is. That's almost an incomplete. Yeah. Okay. Now, might I mention, uh, you know, Pete talked about there were a lot of different threats that he ended up seeing throughout the series. One thing for me that I ended up being really wary of. Well, I'll give one. I have a couple, but I'll give one in case Jay wants to use the other. <laughs> the unknowns about Heather Strout. Like she was just like a big loose end until the very end of the season. And I was like, what does she have going on? You know, just sort of weighing on me what's going to happen there. So what's another one that was, that really had you worried when you were actually watching the season, Jay? I think for me, it was probably everything surrounding Jacques Arrill. Yeah. Everything. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, there's there's all these bad dudes and they're all kind of after him and some ideas, but. You know, yeah. when you're messing with bad dudes of that kind of nature, anything can happen. Sure. And, you know, like I was waiting for somebody to get shot that I didn't right. get shot, you know. And then you've got this confidential informant that right. actually did kill those guys. You know, it's just so complex. It's this, you know, yeah. web of deceit, of course, and uh, so many variables. So that was that was my second one. Was was Jerry going to be okay? And were we going to, would he be able to convict Jacques Avril? Okay, so the second prediction we made in that podcast was just something we were really excited for. It wasn't necessarily a good thing, you know, but just it could be a, you know, a captivating storyline that we were really anxious to see how it plays out. So Pete, he mentioned again the radioactive threat, but he kind of talked about it as far as how it would impact J. Edgar and Harry's relationship. He's like, that, that's something that could really put some strain on their partnership again, depending on how it goes. It's just because it's such a stressful situation and so forth. That it really raises the stakes. Those were his words. So he wanted to see how that played out and affected their partnership. I was anxious, excited, whatever you want to call it, to see how Jerry was going to handle this stuff with Jacques Avril. Because we're like, who are we more fearful for? Is it Jerry or Jacques Avril? Because J. Edgar was really showing some bravado, you know, in the trailer, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it, I was like, wow, is he, is he going to 
get the job done or do we need to be fearful for Jerry? And Pete made a good a good point about that when I was comparing those two possibilities. He said he thought that I was wrong, that Jerry was actually, he was showing that he was super ready to deal with right. this and right. calm, cool, and collected, but that underneath that, he was really, really on edge. Do you remember that, Pete? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, showed, it showed in the character yeah. and great acting to show it to me. Yeah, yeah, it, it did. And then Jay... Hmm. He went with the answer everything. He was excited for everything. So <laughs> again, <laughs> that yeah. answer is not wrong. It's not wrong. Can it's I make not wrong. Let, let me make an observation. The day that we filmed that trailer podcast, yeah. Jay was off his game. He was tired. He got away with everything. Who knows? Yeah. No, every, but everything is correct. Okay. Because Bosch, every season, there's never just one thing. There's not even just two things. A lot of times there's not even just three. So I'm right. I get an A plus for that. If I ever heard a, a crap answer. Don't, don't be jealous. That is it, people. Don't be that jealous. told me nothing. No substance. In don't, that be jealous. don't be jealous. Oh, man. All right. Well, looking back at those predictions and what we thought would be like the most exciting and compelling, is there something else, another storyline that you wanted to mention that really captivated you this season other than the answer that you gave? I really want to stick with everything. <clears throat> That's a pretty good answer. It's pretty <laughs> solid. You know, how can you go wrong? You know what I'll say, though? The I think the final two or three episodes just the way everything came together the good the bad the ugly the yeah. craziness of the bomb even though i said everything i'm not sure that i expected all that i mean that yeah. was that was pretty hectic pretty crazy right so it was i mean roger even though i'd read the book roger uh what's his name dylan roger dylan he he ended up coming across on screen even more creepy than i imagined yeah originally so that was uh Definitely compelling and, and super scary. I didn't know how that was going to play out on screen. And there wasn't a lot of mention of that in the trailer. But, you know, it obviously ended up being a big storyline and a very emotional one on so many levels. So, all right. Impactful. We talked about who would be a, a very pivotal character um, in the season. Hold on. Please right. tell me that I didn't answer that with everyone. Did I pick Okay. Spoiler yeah. alert, we actually have three distinct answers for oh, this one. Three He's distinct predictions. Bosch. His answer's going to be Bosch. Woo! The name of the show is Bosch. It's yeah, the name of the show. Yeah. yeah like, you know, it's going to be Bosch. So everybody obviously has a huge role to play in interacting with one another, but we were just kind of isolating one character that we thought was really going to, you yeah. know, make some waves or um, in right. this season. And so uh, Pete predicted... He predicted Reese and Bosch, but he kind of zoned in more on, on Reese. But he thought, this is very interesting, he thought that Reese and Bosch would have a contentious relationship. We saw some of that in the trailer. That was great when I saw that in the trailer. It was one of the things that I loved most about watching the trailer, was watching a new character and Reese being so powerful and stepping up in the way that she did. And personally, I feel like that bridged Bosch and the FBI's relationship a little bit, and it's going to come into play in Season 7. As long as everybody keeps watching, you'll see that I'm always right. Wow, you just made a prediction for season seven, and we're not even... Okay, I froze. Yeah, that where was my, I? That's my second prediction for season seven today. Now, my answer was someone who we didn't see a lot of in the trailer. So that made me wonder, hmm, what are they not showing us? I said Grace Billets. And, I mean, that did end up being a very interesting story. It, it definitely yeah. elicited a lot of emotion from, emotion from all of us. We were so angry at Captain captain cooper and how scummy and manipulative he was being you know and it showed a lot with 
Yeah, you still are. It showed a lot with Vega and how was Pierce going to respond to the situation. You know, it pulled a lot of different characters in. And I'm just glad that Grace came out victorious. And for Jay, he gave an actual answer. Finally. He said <laughs> he thought that Maddie would be a very impactful character, especially now that she's more of an adult out in the real world. She's facing, you know, scary things like everybody else. And that maybe some of the decisions that she made would impact the storyline in a big way. So. Well, I was wrong. I can't <laughs> I mean, admit that I, mean, I was wrong. I mean, her decisions did impact things. She could have, you know, been fearful and just closed up shop when she found out from her dad what was going on. You know, he told her to not say anything, and she did that. She didn't say anything. So, I mean, her loyalty to her dad and her instincts, you know, she did the right things to kind of keep things at bay when everything was, you know. That is very nice of you to try to validate. I try. I do try. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I get a big fat F in that one. <laughs> but uh, it was fun too. I mean, I, I will say it was fun seeing her journey to deciding at the end about being a prosecutor. Yeah. yeah. Kind of seeing that go a little bit sort of evolved throughout the season. So that was, and that could be very impactful for the future, you know? So what time frame will it be in season seven? You know, will it just yeah. skip a few months or could we possibly skip ahead? That kind of you thing. A few so. years to perhaps a marriage? To oh, the wedding. That's right. That's She's got to no. be of age for the no. wedding. They can skip no. years. They no. don't have many kids no. in that show. No. They're not going that far. She's going to get through school or something. So that way when season seven is the last of Bosch, it will spin off to season one of the next Bosch and it'll all be about Maddie as the prosecutor. Okay. All right. Maddie Bosch, attorney at law. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Or just Maddie, like Bosch yeah, has the one yeah, name. Just yeah, Mads. Maddie. Mads. Mads. There you go. There you go. I like I it. All right. Is there a, uh, you don't have to do both. You can. Is there a high or low that you want to mention? Talk about after having been through this great season six. Something mm. maybe you didn't think about when you were watching the trailer or something that just surprised you. I will say for me, I'll go ahead and let you guys think because I put you on the on the spot with this. I was, it was a big high to see the involvement and the expertise of Crate and Barrel in this season. You know, they amped up their storyline even more. And, you know, Barrel's basically the one who figured out there was a bomb in there yeah. in the courtroom, you know, and they just, they helped out with a lot of different cases. They had good information. And I, I was really happy to see their storyline expand even further and, and for them to really highlight how good they are at their job. They're not just funny, you know? So that was a, that was a no, high for me. I don't, um, I mean, I just, I think I enjoyed everything across the board. <laughs> there so it gonna, is again, everything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna throw out just a, a low for me, and it's not even really a big deal, but I am still kind of bummed about it that, uh, that, um, we're not gonna see a new mayor. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You no, know? yeah, which, okay, it takes away from where the story needs to be with Bosch, but you don't think he'd be a good mayor? Well, we, we are going to see a new mayor because this is an election, but it won't be Irving. Pete, you have something? Um, I mean, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. I had a lot of predictions for the show, and um, they were all kind of wrong. So, like, during the episodes, no. I wasn't. No, was but I'm saying, like, like, the things that I thought were going to be my highs and, like, the things that I, and, oh, like, yeah. the things that I expected to, to bring me to highs and lows, they weren't there. It was a different, um, there was different scenes and different aspects of characters that went on. So I kind of was just on adrenaline going forward and not yeah. really, there wasn't really a, um, like, a, you know, 
my yeah. if Tom would have been there, it would have been different. Okay, okay. And one thing that I do recall is you seemed really impacted by the Daisy Clayton, Elizabeth Clayton story. And did you not think that was going to be such a big part of it for you in the beginning? Well, what happened there is I wasn't sure where they were going to go with the direction of that because they had multiple cases and we didn't know what they were, how they were going to play it. So yes, that was a low, but I didn't really see that ending happy i guess in my mind like just the way the way i don't know maybe no matter what the daughter would have still been dead and it would have been a tragic tragic murder and everything else so it was kind of like you're you're just grasping to something just to have um peace Mm -hmm. not really high or low like i was already on the bottom and i ended up on the bottom you stayed there yeah i couldn't go lower if that makes sense yeah sometimes bad things happen and mm-hmm. just bad things lead to bad things happening and there's no proper explanation of why it's fair and you just kind right. of crappy situation. Yeah, answers aren't always the answers that you kind of think they're going to be or that they're going to feel about them. They're still oh, answers, yeah. but... Answers don't always make you feel the way you think they're going to make you feel. So right, 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 right. Yeah. All your faith and emotion mm-hmm. on a question, people. Yeah, okay, okay, interesting. All right, well, let's talk about some winners and then get on to... Uh, Hear what Henrik had to tell us when we talked to him preseason. So we're gonna need some sound effects for this for I'm sure. Boing. Okay, there's my list. All right. So we said the first was Jay Edgar, and how, how many times did someone else comment on his clothing? There were two times, and the closest guess was three, and that was from Deji Leray. Oh. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So Edge coming through with the closest answer. A well-earned victory. A, a well-earned victory. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I recall, too, I even put a note down that he was very logical with his answers. Like, he had a reason behind them. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, Jay, but yeah. So well done, Deji. Okay. Da-da-da. We should point out, too, for those that maybe forgot or it's been a while since they mm-hmm. listened to the podcast, yeah. they weren't there when we did this. But they all really did want to be the ones to get the right answer. Oh, yeah. It was com- competitive. So this, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't just a little win. This is a big deal. And it's yeah. bragging rights that I For hope sure. that they go back to their castmates and be like, uh, so uh, how about that, sucker? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was, everyone was like, oh, so there's going to be an actual winner? We're like, right. yeah, there's going to be a yeah. winner. Yeah. yeah. Deal. Okay. Coltrane. I know the three of us wanted to see him as much as we could on screen. So how many times did we see Coltrane on scene on screen in a scene? We said the answer was nine and the closest answer was 10 from Lance Reddick. You know what the real answer is, right? Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. (laughs) I would accept that as well. I would accept that as well. That's a winning answer. But there you go. Two answers in a row, just one off. So impressive. Those were very good predictions. And I mean, of course, we didn't know when we were asking the questions either. And some of these answers were just all across the board. And, you know, it's just fun to see which ones actually turned out close. All right. How many times did Irving say Bosh and get frustrated with him and, and, and use that under his breath? At least zero. <laughs> zero. Oh, my God. What we don't know is who came the closest don't in this down. category. Yeah. Someone gave the exact correct answer. Oh, shoot. And they need that, to win a bonus prize or something. That should be a bonus, winner, yeah. And the winner is the writer of the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Amy Aquino, Ooh. our Lieutenant Grace Billets. She comes out victorious over Captain Cooper. She comes out victorious in this category. 
Way to go, Amy. You, you know what? She's she's such a pro at her job that I yep. bet you she knew these questions were coming from the previous <laughs> interviews, and she reread <laughs> all the scripts before coming on with us and was like, oh, hey, Jay and Tracy. I don't know what you're about to ask. Hmm. Oh, zero. <laughs> Good job. Good That's job. funny. That's funny. She is always prepared. But, of course, you know, jokes aside, there's no way they could have known. So, uh for sure. So very good. Very good, guys. Um, yeah, that was fun. Brag, brag, brag. Let yep. your castmates know that you are victorious. And thank you to all the interviewees for playing and for speaking with us this season. We had a very generous response for interviews yeah. this yeah. season and uh, got to learn a lot and talk to a lot of folks and share that with you guys. So we appreciate that very much. All right. So there we go. Wrapping up our coverage for season six. Is there anything else, guys, that we need to, to mention? Maybe, Pete. Oh, oh Jay secret. has something. Don't, don't okay. tell them. Secret. No, tell us more, Jay. Tell us more. You know, a certain award show that comes around every year. <gasps> That's right. That's right. Yes. All right, Wait. carry on. Tell us the more. <laughs> yes. no, no, not the ESPYs, not the Oscars, <laughs> not the Academy Award. Think no. bigger. Think right. bigger. Think a lot bigger. Hello. <laughs> You know, even MTV with their little Moon Man statues are jealous mm-hmm. of the Boshi Awards. Come on. There you go. The Boshies. You know, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I watch a lot of The Office. When you say Boshies, I think of Dundee's with the little statues. I know. I know. But that's, that's, that's great. That's, that's um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. okay. I like that reference. So. <laughs> it's just funny. All right. So, so Jay, we, we can't, we've got that in the works pretty close. So just keep yep. your... Uh, about time to vote. Yeah. So mm-hmm. be alert. Be on the ready for voting. And we will it's let coming. you know. It's coming. All right, guys. Enjoy this interview with Henrik. We really appreciate him chatting with us. And it was our first time talking to him. And it was a lot of fun. And we learned a lot. So hope you guys enjoy it as well. All right. That's it for Tracy, Jay, and Pete. See you. Later. Bye. Hey. I'm Henrik. I'm one of the producers for Bosch on Amazon Prime. I have had the honor and pleasure to be on the Everybody Counts podcast with Jay and Tracy. And uh, thank you for doing this podcast. We really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you, Henrik. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for guys for doing this podcast. We love it. Oh, thank you. We have a great time. And and you guys just have been so generous with your time and information. We're going to start off with a, a really hard-hitting one right out of the gate. So we want to know, we want to know, who's that guy talking to the dark-haired woman at the frolic room in episode five? He looks so familiar. That handsome guy? That handsome guy. The handsome guy. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, the yeah. that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, that's, um, you know, very hard actor to find lengthy negotiations with agents <laughs> and so forth. But they twisted my arm. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was fun to do that small thing because Michael did it last year. Yeah. Last season. This year it came like back to the to that scene and I uh, was offered. And it's funny. It's like I'm very uncomfortable being in front of a camera, especially in a scene <laughs> like that, because you kind of have to sit there and pretend that you're talking. You're not allowed to mm. talk, but it should look. So it was like, 
and there was uh, the lady I was talking to was an extra who does it, you know, repeatedly. And she was like, I say, what do I whisper? She's like, just talk, count backwards from one to a hundred or something like that. So she got me, gave me great instructions because sure as hell didn't get anyone from our director. It's just like, yeah, so far, every fun. Was awesome. I, I, I love seeing that. That was very cool. And I got to see the Frolic Room. I didn't go in, but on our, our trip, we went to the Pantages Theater. Did I yeah. say that right? Yeah. And so right next door. So yeah, yeah I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. it is. So very cool. All right, Jay. Now we're going to get into the, a little bit more into the show. Yeah. So maybe we're right. Maybe we're wrong. Titus, you know, Titus is an awesome guy. We all love Titus, but he looks a little, Bosch looks a little tired this season. Was there, was there some something intentional behind that to make him appear maybe more exhausted. Interesting. I think, I think one thing is that Titus, which each season has grown the character he's added, you mm-hmm. know, he has gone through so much over these, um, you know, the character has gone through so much over these season and, you know, he's coming, you know, Maddie is becoming a real person, so to speak, mm-hmm. a real woman of its own. She's, she, he, I think he's going from having becoming or being like a father to a child to becoming father to a grown woman with everything mm-hmm. to it. And then this kicks off with this, which is kind of eerily to what we're talking to the world we live in today with a threat that you cannot really touch or, you know, you cannot just take your, your daughter, your loved ones and hug them and protect them. It doesn't matter how fast you are with a gun or, you know, whatever. Like, you have this invisible threat coming from the outside. Right. And I think that, you know, is a portion of it. And also that, you know, over the last two seasons, Harry has been through a lot. The character, both in his personal life with, you know, his wife um, dying, but also the dynamic between him and Jay Edgar has shifted. Like, I think he right. is somewhat on a, you know, not to overthink it but there's some soul searching in, in in that character where he's going and what what he has been through and what also where he's going so mm-hmm. intentional or not but I, I it's i think it's interesting that you pick up on it because i think it is probably the most serious we have had um perry yeah, yeah. and maybe that's what maybe that's what we see more than you know yeah. there's just something different that we noticed and yeah. so far yeah okay okay interesting Who's responsible or behind most of the Easter eggs in the show? Who, who's guilty? Who is this? Who brings that about? Well, I think to a certain degree, I think we all really like them when we have small mm-hmm. things. Then, you know, I think it ranges from Eric Overmeyer, who is the master of finding small things script-wise to plant that you don't necessarily think about until like it's executed. I just read his right. first script for the new season. I, I won't spoil it, but he put a thing in there that just like people are going to love it when we do it. It's such a small thing. Then I think Tom Bernardo, our dear Tom, mm-hmm. who loves those kind of things as well. So okay. That comes back, you know, closes out the loop. Michael as well. And, you know, to a certain extent, me as well. You know, I love those small hidden gems that you don't, when you're just passing through, when you watch the episode right. or the season, the first time you don't really think about it, but then you go right. back and you have it. Yeah. Right. Well, the fans love it. So, 
Keep it up. Yeah, good, good, good. good. Yeah, it's 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 really fun, especially because Bosch is so rewatchable because you do pick up other things. So yeah, it's it's very likely you're going to pick up some of those Easter eggs yeah. the yeah. second or third time around. So it, yeah. it's it's definitely fun. It creates a lot of good discussion among the. No, fans, but I, so. I, I think I think it's fun for 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 us as producers and creators yeah. and writers to do because like you know as soon as you start to taking yourself also too seriously and like you you oh we have this is, has to be this way it has to be rigid yeah. in a certain way then you kind of lose the fun it is fun to create the show and produce the show and you know i think we all share that uh that it's it's very serious business we're doing this show we're making sure we get it right but we also remind ourselves to have fun while we're doing it. yeah yeah that's a that's a great a great mix for sure well how frequently are you on set when there's filming i was totally thrilled to be able to meet you when we were there back in the fall and i didn't know yeah. if that was more of an exception or if you're around a lot and i know you you had been working on the cbs all access interrogation yeah. so yeah i i am there i'm there as much as i can i really enjoy it it's interesting mm -hmm. me and michael conley had a discussion at some point during this season where he said oh god we're not here as much as we used to because for the first two seasons i would say you know we had 82 shoot days i was there 81 of those 12 hours a day like for the first wow. two season and michael was there as well we were both there every day every hour because we were building it from the scratch up and it was really mm -hmm. you know making sure that we had as we gone through more and more seasons I don't have to be there. I don't have to. Okay. I know that even if I'm not there, there's the world will not come to an end. Everybody is so capable. Every, you know, we've had basically the same crew since the first season. So people have really, you know, they know this show as well as I do, or as Michael, or as Eric. So I'm not afraid mm -hmm. anymore about like, if I'm not there, someone will drop, you know, a detail or something like that. So, so right. going from like 81, 81 out of 82 i would probably be there right now 30 or 40 days not for not for 12 hours straight those days are very rare mm -hmm. but i also love going there i mean we shoot it mm -hmm. one of the pleasures with the show is it shoots in la where you live so you can oh you know they're shooting down at um the cop station on wilcox i'll drop by i'll eat the donuts i'll you know, shoot <laughs> and i'll go home yeah yeah so very i think cool. i think the conclusion is like these days I can do it out of joy and I okay. don't have to go there. I'm never stressed. Oh shit. To like, I have to be there. Like now it is like, it's fun. I'll go there for a couple of hours. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's, that's great. That's great. Well, you had the dream of bringing Harry Bosch to television. So we're curious, what has been something that you did not envision for the series originally, but you're glad it came to fruition. Hmm. Interesting question. I think how, it's not that I didn't think that would happen, but what I'm very pleased to, you know, we, when we started talking about this, and this is very much on Eric and Mike, you know, they wrote the first season and, you know, the, the, laid out the characters. There were characters in there, like um, Chief Irving, that in the book was much more of an antagonist that came into, you know, Harry's universe and then kind of faded mm -hmm. out. Uh, and it was much more conflict driven. Okay. The way that Irving, has become a character that is not an antagonist, but you know, they're kind of flip sides of a coin to a certain degree. And the same thing with mm -hmm. Jay, who's also just, you know, in the books, one out of many partners that right. we solidified that relationship and really made them into, um, you know, that they really, 
they can't live without each other. They really thrive off each other, you know, right. sometimes, but really like, so I, I think the character arcs is most surprising that like some characters that we thought might just be a guest star or something like that has grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Mimi, you know, Mimi, uh, Mimi Rogers coming in and just crushing it with Monty Chandler. That was just supposed to be in a season, but because of okay. such a great actress she is, and we realized, well, she becomes kind of, you know, a substitute mother figure for Maddie to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. That is not something I could have, you would never have expected where all of these characters the trajectory took. So that's a pleasant surprise. But other than that, I, you know, I have to say, I, the show is very much what I ever would have hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. And there's really been nothing that it's like, oh, we did that. Oh, we should have done it the other way. I, I think it's really, and I think, you know, I'm happy because Michael is very, very happy. He, you know, he, yeah. every time I talk to him, or not that we talk about it often, but once in a while when it comes up, like, you know, after a rap or something like that, it's like both he and I, it's like, we pulled off what we set out to do. It, it, the show is so close to the books, but yet different enough. So if, even if you've never read a book, you can enjoy it without having read the books. Uh, at the same time, people who are fans of the book comes in and say, yeah, this is Harry Bosch, the DNA of that character that I love. Absolutely. Okay. That's some great scoop. I like that. Very cool. And that that relationship with Harry and, and J. Edgar, I mean, the way you all did decide to go, the direction of that is just like, there's been so many, you know, there've been losses and, you know, throughout the different seasons, but that one season where there was that falling out, it just broke my yeah. heart. I mean, oh, it hurt so bad. And I just had to know what was going to happen. And I couldn't know, you know, yeah. and we had to watch and see, but yeah, that's, that's been a really powerful relationship. So well done. Thank you. It's been amazing. I, I want to, I just want to add real quick, not that you need a pat on the back or whatever, but just based on what you were just talking about, obviously I'm a huge Bosch fan because I'm doing this. Tracy is the one that pulled me into the series. I think it was season two that you pulled me into it, but had been asking me since it released season one. And I refused to watch it because I'd been a Bosch book fan forever. And I told her probably nine different times, I'm not going to watch it because you're not going to ruin the book for me. I just can't do that to me. And then, uh, I don't know, one night reluctantly, I'm like, fine, I'm just going to watch it so I'll, she'll get off my back. And I'm like, wow, this really is what I've read. It's actually one of the times that it's been brought to life. So, you know, I don't know how often you really hear that genuinely from people, but seriously, I was not going to watch it because I didn't want it to be ruined. And you guys, you just, what a phenomenal job in keeping that world that I had in my own head reading yeah. on my screen. Yeah. That, that means so much to hear. You know, again, this comes from, I, you know, I read the books and I just love the book. So when we started this with Michael, I knew this was something I couldn't really excuse my French fuck up. Like this had right. to, 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 and I, I, I think, I remember like one of the moments I realized that we really, this was going to work, I think, was when we were up, when we found the house where Bosch lived, mm-hmm. you know, the house, house up on Blue Heights Drive that, you know, it was, I think it was me, Michael, it was Petey on Brugge, and there was a couple of guys more. This was for the pilot. And when we walked in there, we just looked at each other. It's like, this is the house I've read about in the books. It has yeah. slightly different layout than I had in my head, but everything yeah. else was there. And it was just like, mm-hmm. I knew that like, we're all talking the same language. Like we all have read the books. Michael has created the books that we have all read in the right. same way. Uh, and we have mm-hmm. the same perception of what this should be. And that, that was one of those moments. Like I remember like it was yesterday. I looked at Michael and was like, yep, 
yep, this is where he lives. It was almost weird walking in there. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Yeah. 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 It's a great choice. But I, I know you had mentioned in interviews before that you named your son Harry. Yeah. And I was just wondering what are there certain qualities that you would like to see in him as a young man growing up that, that to share with Harry? Yeah, I, I and I think he 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 already has that. He has a very strong sense for compassion and for right right and wrong, almost to the point where mm-hmm. it can drive me nuts sometimes. <laughs> you know, but he he has a very strong sense of um, basically everybody counts or nobody counts without like he ever thinking of that. But definitely that is something he has, and you know I think anyone who has a kid is happy to see that your kids are treating sure. other kids right. And I hope, and he's also a bit grumpy. <laughs> Most of them are, yeah. <laughs> eventually. So he kind of reminds me of the <laughs> watch. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. funny, yeah. funny. I agree. All right. Yeah, thanks, thanks for again. your time, man. Really appreciate it. That was fun. So. Yeah. Um, anytime, yeah. anywhere, just let me know. Uh, and Jay, you know you, you have the exact same voice as Michael Conley, right? Really? <laughs> Sweet. So I could probably sneak in on set and be like, yeah. all right, just I, cut, yeah. cut. This is what we're doing now. Yes. But I yeah. didn't... I, I hadn't thought yeah, about it does. before, yeah. but I can see what you're saying. Jay's a little more forceful, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard Michael talk really forcefully. No, he but, <laughs> but I can, that is one we'll never hear from but I, yeah. but I can hear the remnants of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, now then, I'm not going to be able to not hear it. <laughs> if you could do me a favor then, Henrik, tell him I need some royalties for him borrowing my voice. Could you, could you do that for me? All right, appreciate it. I can do that. Yeah. Work on a deal. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, take care. Thank you so much. Stay safe. You too. You You too, too. definitely. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.